0: Now, we are on the series of, on the fullness of life, or the full life. I think all of us want a full life. Much of our life is focused on obtaining fullness. We are happy and satisfied when there is fullness. For example, in your house, when your wardrobe is full, or your fridge is full, Or when you are eating a meal what do you look for you eat until you are full some of us eat until we cannot get up even then we are satisfied all right in life we look for fullness when you are washing your uh, when you are doing your laundry for example you do not just put into the washing machine you know, uh, just a few pieces of clothes, uh, clothing, but you want to have a full load before you do the laundry. And when you fill up your gas tank, you want to fill it up to the full, all right? Unless you are short of cash and you can afford only a, a, a little amount, but otherwise when you fill it, you want to fill it to the full. That's how life is really for most of us. We will like and we are satisfied and we will not be satisfied unless we are full. In sports as well, for example, you know, when you go diving, you will not want to go diving with a half tank of uh, air. You want a full tank to last, if possible, one hour underwater. Baseball, you want the, 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 the bases to be full, so you find that life, we are always seeking for fullness. And it is not wrong. That's how life, you know, should be. And uh, the Lord Jesus has taught us and gave us an example of what the full life is. The Bible sums up the most important life live on earth in just a brief statement. The growing years of Jesus Christ is summed up in Luke chapter 2, verse 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. A lot is, is, is written in the Bible on the birth of Jesus Christ. And then after that, on the eighth day, he was presented in the temple where Simeon and Anna were waiting in praise to God. And then after that, there was a flight to Egypt. And after that, the Bible is kind of silent. Yes, there was only one occasion when Jesus was 12 years old, when in a comical way, the parents of Jesus lost him in the temple. And after that, there was silence already. How did Jesus grow up? What was it like? His growing years. The Bible doesn't say anything except this verse that says that Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. These are the four areas that made up the full life. We need to develop and grow in these four areas in order to experience the full life. It says here Jesus increased in wisdom. That was the mental, intellectual, cognitive, psychological development and growth. We need to increase in wisdom. That he increased in stature. There is the physical development. Jesus grew physically as well. Strong, healthy, well-developed body. And the Bible says also that he increased in favor with God. That is the spiritual part. The spiritual development for the Lord Jesus Christ. The most important thing in life is his relationship with God. The spiritual walk or, or spiritual development in his life to, that draws him close to God, the Father. And last week, Pastor Gwen have expounded on that, the spiritual development about revive my heart. The touch with God, God reviving us, keeping us in vital relationship with him. But it also says "And He increased in favor with men. And that is very important to experience the full life. There must be the increase in favor with men. In other words, the social dimension. And that's where many of us miss out in life. We may be close with God, but how are we with people? Social dimension of life that impacts even the fullness of life, whether we experience it to the full or not. And so this morning, I'd like to talk about the social dimension of the fullness of life. And I'd like to share about love, laugh, and play. Come on, say it with me. Love, laugh, and play. How many of you are like that? You see, the Christian life is a balanced life. In the four areas that I have mentioned. But many times we leave out, we, we, we laugh out, and we neglected the loving, the loving, and the playing part. Let's look at the social life of Jesus Christ. We have a glimpse of the social life of Jesus in Luke chapter 7, verse 31 to verse 34. The Bible puts it this way. Now now Jesus, or rather John the Baptist, sent some of his disciples to ask Jesus, is he the one? And Jesus affirmed the ministry of John the Baptist. And after that, he turned to the Pharisees and he said, and gave this parable. To what then shall I compare the people of this generation? Everybody say, this generation. Mm, What kind of generation in those days and even in our days? And what are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to one another. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, we sang a funeral song, and you did not weep. For John the Baptist has come eating no bread and drinking no wine, and you say he has a demon. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking. And you say Look at him A glutton and a drunkard And a friend Of tax collectors And sinners What do we make out of this parable that Jesus gave? You see, in the first century Israel There are no Two different personalities. More than what we face here in the life of John the Baptist and Jesus. John the Baptist lived a very ascetic life. He fasted much. And if you were to look for John the Baptist, where would you go to find him? In the desert. Alone by himself many times. And he has very weird habits. Eating locusts and you know his garment. Tamar skin and leather belt. But he would not be in your guest list if you are holding a party. You will not even think about inviting John the Baptist. He's a weird guy. He lived outside of culture and he preached from the fringes of culture. He shouted at culture from outside the fringes. But Jesus... He's a totally different personality. All together. He was so one with the people. He just flowed with a crowd. And if you want to look for Jesus, where do you think you can find him? You will go into town and you will ask around, is there a party in town somewhere in somebody's house? And if there is one, most likely you will find Jesus there. He was within the culture. He was working and ministering in the culture itself. And as you would have expected, the Pharisees, the religious people, rejected Both John the Baptist and Jesus Christ. Not just the message, but the, the, the lifestyle itself. They look at John the Baptist, a weirdo, and they say, this guy is too crazy. This guy is just way out. We cannot accept him. They rejected John the Baptist. And then they... Consider Jesus Christ. Say, hey, this guy is no different than any other sinner. He is with them. He loves with them. He dreams with them. He's just a common, ordinary person. We cannot accept his message as well. And that's why Jesus gave this parable and said, this generation... They are like spoiled children. You know, children, we like, we, we like to watch children at play. But many times, you leave children playing among themselves for a while, and after that, very soon, of course, when with a short attention span, after that, they begin to squabble among one another. Let's play this. No, we don't want to play this. No, let's play that. No. So the girls will say, let's play wedding. The boys will say, no, we don't want to play wedding. We want to play funeral. And then begin to fight among one another. And Jesus says, we play the flute for you and you will not dance. We send a funeral song and you do not mourn. What is it that you want? We want to play our own music, our own way. And he's talking to the Pharisees, the religious leaders. These are the sober-looking, very serious religious people. And he concluded by saying, Jesus, It's typified as a friend of tax collectors and sinners. A friend of tax collectors and sinners. Jesus wouldn't mix with those so-called religious people who condemn others, who use religion to prop up their status, who act as, I am holier than you. Jesus has no time for those kind of people. Where would you find Jesus? Down where the sinners are. Having a good time with them. A friend of sinners. Now that kind of shows us the, the social life of Jesus Christ, who he meets with. And how was he when he was missing around with them? But the very fact that Jesus attended weddings and even funerals. Somebody said Jesus never attended any funerals because the moment he attended a funeral, he raised up the dead person. So it's not a funeral anymore. But there he was, just been one of them. That's why you find that people keep inviting Jesus to their home. And Jesus, the son of God, even though he was a total stranger or first time meeting people like Zacchaeus and, 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 and Matthew and others, he would just oblige and say, sure, I would love to have dinner with you. And they kept inviting him back. You know why? Because he's such a sociable person. And in the party, he's not a, you know, a joy killer. Oh, you cannot do this. Oh, you cannot drink that. Oh, you cannot. Do that. No, people kept inviting him because they felt comfortable in his presence. He's not there with, a, with an angry face, scowling, and passing judgment on the people. All oh, there are things that he would condemn, yes. But in the party, he let it flow. He did a miracle when he needed to, and he began to just teach. But he was a friend of sinners. Isn't that interesting? What is your idea of Jesus? Many times, you know, we see pictures of Jesus and all those things, and we see him as never loving. I think there's only a few times that I saw a picture of Jesus. Now, of course, we know that these are not the real picture, but a smiling, loving Jesus. You see, we serve a God who loves. Psalms 2, verse 4. God, God is enthroned in heaven, and he loves. And God loves. Now, of course, these are all figurative, all right? Because God is spirit. But God loves, the Bible says, in 37 verse 13, God loves at the unbelievers, at the wicked. Psalm 59 verse 8, God loves at the nations. A God who loves. Sometimes when you think about God, what comes to your imagination? A very stern God? A God who is out to get you the moment you sin and disobey him? A God who is only concerned about your otherworldly life? A God who is only concerned about sin and judgment, righteousness and holiness? That's not the kind of God that we find in the Bible. He's concerned about your social life as well. In fact, I believe that God created laughter. Science cannot explain laughter. Do you know that? Because we laugh involuntarily, spontaneously. What makes us laugh? Will be a very good subject to study. But it is from the God who laughs, God. What is our relationship with God? It is to love Him and to enjoy Him. Can you imagine Jesus? What is Jesus like? Of course, the Bible doesn't record many of these details. But was Jesus ever tickled or not and had a good laugh? I'm sure He did. And actually, the Bible also is full of, I mean, funny, funny... Uh, records of things and all that. Sometimes when I read the Bible, I, I even laugh. I laugh. Just, for example, can you imagine Balaam with a talking donkey? A donkey who talks back. And I laugh, not that the donkey, I laugh at Balaam who scolded the donkey and donkey talk to him. He continues the conversation with the donkey. Can you just imagine Jesus riding on a donkey into Jerusalem? Now, how silly that must look. And yet Jesus has no problem. He must be smiling away. And when Jesus calmed the waters, the disciples, what's the reaction of the disciples? At one moment, they were so terrified and they were so afraid that they would lose their life. But when Jesus calmed the waters, I wonder what's the reaction. Yes, there was all, but then after that, I think they must be loving. Hey, it was silly of us, you know, And, and so on and so forth. type in the chat group and say the god who laughs, hallelujah and we his people must learn how to love as well in john chapter 2 verse 1 to 11 there is the presence of jesus his first miracle turning water into wine and he was present for the wedding he attended weddings And he had a good time there. I'm sure he enjoyed himself socializing with the people until they ran out of wine. But you find that Jesus never lived a kind of an isolated lifestyle. He never espoused asceticism. A lot of religion teaches that. The ascetic lifestyle, living alone, meditating, praying, isolated from society, going up to the mountain. I mean, there are times that we need to do that. But as a lifestyle, Jesus never encouraged that. In fact, Jesus encouraged his disciples to meet with the people. And at this time, he did not have the 12 disciples yet, but maybe there were just a few, about five of them. And it was a lesson for them. You want to do ministry? It is not just preaching. You must learn how to attend weddings, dinners, parties. You want to win the people before you can, be, you can offer spiritual help. You must come down to their level. Meet with them. Be with them. And they learn about the key of ministry there as well. So he encouraged that. He taught the disciples that. And by the very fact that he multiplied even the resources there, turning water into wine, shows that there is innocent festivity. Now, of course, we turn that into a big theological issue. Can Christians drink wine or not? But there was innocent festivity. They were having a good time. They were all loving. And Jesus provided for them something that is luxurious. There's nothing wrong with enjoying luxurious things in their context. And there was abundance of it. Joyous celebrations. We find it in the Bible. Friends and neighbors, do we have them? Luke chapter 15, verse 1 to 2. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him, and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Again, here, Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. It says here, tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him. This man received sinners. And because of this, again the accusation that Jesus is a friend of sinners. Too ordinary, too common. We cannot accept him. Jesus in Luke chapter 15 gave the Three parables the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the prodigal son. Say, why is the Son of Man doing this, receiving sinners and eating with them? And he said, you know, about the lost coin. In verse he says, when you find that lost coin, what do you do? You call your friends and neighbors and you celebrate together. There is a place for celebration. Likewise, also the sheep and the one of the 99 sheep was found. He says, it's called your neighbors and friends, and they celebrate. And when the son came back, the father provided a feast for all the neighbors as well, and said, my, Lord, my son was lost and now he's found. There is a place for joyous celebration. That's what a Christian life is. It is not just always, you know, you're fighting against sin and against all kinds of uh, celebration. Jesus says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And Jesus came. He exemplified it. He lived it and he gave it to each and every one of us. Life to the full. Having a life that is full is a life that is filled with joy, laughter, rejoicing. That's what the full life is all about, brothers and sisters. You are not having a full life. If you are always complaining, always grumbling, always criticizing, you are not having a full life if you are always looking at the negative side. To you, Christianity is just a set of do's and don'ts, more don'ts than do's. We have missed out the aspect of life that Jesus Christ comes to give. But the social life of Jesus Christ teaches us how to laugh and play. Love and play. You see, social life is important for a full and healthy life. What is social life? Social life consists of forming various bonds, nurturing social connections, spending time doing enjoyable things with others such as family, community, friends, and even strangers. I know that in our fast-paced world, some people don't have social life because their life is just going to work, coming back home and sleeping. By the time they come back, it's so late, they have to go to bed. They have to go to work so early. It's just work and sleep. Of course, eating and, and working in between. But Jesus took time and just socialized with people. I think that says a lot to us. Doing things together. The social connection is so important. Why? Because God created us as social beings. Even Jesus Christ must grow, not just in favor with God, but in favor with man. Just doing things together. It is healthy. When you have an active social life, you are healthy. You are well-rounded. It is good for your brain. When you are socially connected with others, it reduces the risk of dementia. In fact, those people who are not socially active, many times, the way have found that there are more risks to diseases, depression, anxiety, and a whole host of other health issues. That's why the social dimension of our life is so very important. Just connecting with friends, family members, and others. Sometimes just doing crazy things. Before the pandemic, during one of the Chinese New Year's, I think 19, 2019 or so, a cell group member, member, I was talking with a cell group member, and discovered that he liked fishing. He asked me whether I fish, or oh, I said many years ago. I said, we should go fishing one day. And sure enough, he organized a fishing trip. So about two years or three years ago, three years ago, on the fifth day of the Chinese New Year, we went fishing. Entered a boat and we went out deep sea fishing. You know, sea fishing rather. And man, I was excited. I haven't fished for a long time. But we fished all day and guess what? We were just like Peter and John and the disciples. Fish all day and we caught nothing. Can you imagine fish all day and we caught nothing? I felt bad for him. You you know, I mean, he was. We could have used the money and buy fish in the market and just enjoy the fish. But guess what? I, I, I didn't think the trip was wasted. It was a very enriching time, you know, and I had fun. And I really appreciate that. Just socializing, just going out on the boat uh, on a fishing trip like that. Does me a lot of good and I know to I get to know people better. Now, this Chinese New Year, this year, right now, just a few days ago, I think last week, another friend invited me to go fishing. He said he got this boat. But actually, it's just a dingy, actually, it's not a big boat. I said, You sure it's safe or not? He said, Come, let's test it. I said, Okay. So I went fishing with a group of friends, you know, and uh, over in Pahang this time. And uh, guess what? We fish not the whole day, but just a few hours in the afternoon, and guess what? We caught nothing. Now, yes, I think, I think, I think, it has caused me to come to the conclusion that even fishers go away or for Chinese New Year holidays, two years in or uh, two times already you know on, and, and that was just a few days that means it was around the seven or eight day of the chinese new year we went fishing and we caught nothing if you were to ask me would you go fishing again i would say yes just the fun of it all right you may say what a waste of time you know under the hot sun and dirty worms and all those kind of things but hey We miss a point so many times. Our life is driven by, you know, a a quota to accomplish, you know, targets to accomplish, success, you know, productivity. We don't know how to relax anymore. We don't know how to have fun, just laugh. You know, even when we caught nothing, we can still laugh about it. It's not always about success and productivity, growth, results. Even when you feel, guess what? Many times you can still laugh over your failure, right? We take life too seriously. In fact, after I came back, you know, I don't know when the next trip will be made me. I checked online on some of the fishing baits and all those kind of things. I said, I need better baits. It's not me. I'm not a poor fisherman. It's the bait. And I bought a few things equipped for the next trip. Just the fun of it. And being with friends. Socialize. Do something different. Do something that people enjoy that you may, you, you know, uh, just, just a fellowship with people. You see, we have three basic needs. The need for love, acceptance, and belonging. This is in line with Abraham Maslow's on the hierarchy of needs of a person. We are human beings every one of us, there is a need for love, acceptance, and belonging. One of the key verses in socializing is Proverbs 13, verse 20. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. Now, having said that, it doesn't mean that, oh, okay, so today, I, when i go back i will google i will i will go into all kinds of social website and begin to make friends now be very careful who you make friends with a lot of people have been corned even over from social website friendship and all kinds of apps that are out there Proverbs 22 24 25 do not make friends with a hot-tempered man do not associate with one easily angered or you may learn his ways when when I say Jesus goes to party, it doesn't mean that. Therefore, now you go to the bar and make friends there. And instead of you influencing them, they influence you Like a hot-tempered person. If you are always with a critical person, you will become critical. You are always with hot-tempered people, you will become hot-tempered. We are friends with everybody, and yet at the same time, we are discerning. So, today we have to increase our social capital. In our relationship one with another, what is social capital? Social capital is a term that is used by Robert Putnam, who wrote a book called Bowling Alone. Bowling alone. How many of you go bowling alone? He talks about the death and the revival of American community. And he makes a very shrewd observation. He says that nowadays, we can connect in the most efficient, fastest way than any other time in history. Isn't that true? You take out a handphone and you can connect anywhere. You can find anything you want. You can buy anything you want. You can order food. Anything. We are all connected through IT. And there are many words to describe this calling kind out of connection easy, fast, efficient. But he says perhaps we can add another adjective to it. And he says that is superficial. You may have thousands of followers like like Lady Gaga or Justin Bieber. But what does it all mean? You may have thousands of people following you and liking you on Facebook and YouTube. But what does it mean? The church is the church. As a church, we are asking ourselves also. For those who are watching online, we are glad that you are with us. But what does it mean? You attending services online. We thank God for that. But what does it mean? Is there a real connection? We are concerned. And according to Robert Panami, he says loneliness, isolation. And rugged individualism has risen exponentially in our time. Less dinner outside, less going to school or social clubs, and even church attendance. People are shutting themselves up and even the new generation of people that we are having. I was talking with somebody, influential, and he said, yes, in his place, there are a group of people. They stay together and all that. Guess what? They are always on the handphone or on the computer. They don't even talk to one another in the same room. And they are staying in the same dorm." What is this social capital? It is our social connection with each other. There are values to it. There are values to it. How deep is our relationship? Do we enjoy one another's presence? So how do we increase our social capital? Cultivate favor. Jesus increased, as we say, in favor with God and men. There are people who are very good with God. They have a vital relationship with God. They are on a revival mode with God. They have a hotline to God. But they are very poor with people. They have no relationship with people. They are cut off from real life, that shouldn't be the case. Let's pray that we'll have favor with God and also favor with men. Just like in the book of Acts, praising God and having favor with all the people. The early church had favor with all the people. I have to move on quickly now. My time is up. Share love, Matthew chapter 22, Verse 36 to 40, share love. The rich ruler came and asked, which is the greatest commandment? And Jesus says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You see, favor with God and favor with men. Love God and love people it all goes together that's a christian life it all goes together the two greatest things in your life in my life is to love god and to love people that the love of god will shine from our lives love That does not keep us away from people, but love that will draw us to people, to reach out to them, so that they may see the love of God in us. Thirdly, be in community. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 to verse 12 says, Two are better than one. Because they have a good reward for the twelve. If they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Verse 11. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him, and the threefold cord is not easily broken. Ecclesiastes 4. Verse 9 to verse 12. Now, some may think, oh, two is better than one. This is not just a, 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 a passage on love, you know, on marriage and all that. By the way, today is the 13th day of the Chinese New Year. In two days' time, you'll be the 15th day. 15th day is what day? Chap Gol Man. And the rhyme goes, where the people go to throw oranges and hope that they will find love. There is a day that is carved out from the whole year, celebrated, Celebration of love, and that is Valentine Day. And tomorrow is Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine. All of you, you know, especially those who have loved ones, husbands, spouse, may you have a beautiful, beautiful Valentine. But the fact is, many well, Face the day, Valentine's Day, with a love vacuum. Maybe because of a lost loved one, maybe because of divorce, broken relationship, or maybe because you are single and not married, or you are a widower or widower. Of all of these people, we can still celebrate the love of God. We are commanded not just to love God and to love one another, but to know that we can be love him because he first love us god's love is with us each and every one of us we cannot love him we cannot love others without the love of god love is from god and you have experienced it you are able to share the love of god even with others and so for each and every one of us we can face valentine whatever it is and rejoice in love because the love of God for us is real, whoever you are. And we have to just celebrate love, not just one day in a year, but every day of our lives. God loves you. God loves each and every one of us very, very much. In fact, I think it was Max Lucado who says that God loves us so much. If God had a refrigerator, your picture will be on it. If God had a wallet, your photo will be in it. God loves you so much that He sent, that He sent beautiful, fresh flowers every spring. God loves us so much that He sends His love to us every morning with the sunrise. But tomorrow morning, when you see the sunrise, remember. God loves you very much and happy Valentine. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so here we come to community. Ecclesiastes chapter (coughs) 4. Verse 8 tells us there is a man who lives alone. He has no son, he has no brother, he has no friend. Verse 8, chapter 4. So what does he do? He works. He works so hard. He accumulates wealth. But the preacher asks, for who? For what? He says, this kind of life is meaningless. But then from verse 8 to verse, from verse 9 to verse 12, he says, Hey, you need a community. The community of people who will share your struggles, who will share your joy and rejoicing. Brothers and sisters, we have a community, the church here. And when you come to church service like this, let me tell you, you some of us may go back and then we say, hey, what, 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 what have I got this morning? The very fact that you see one another as a, 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 in the family of God here will encourage your heart. Therapeutically, it does wonders for you already. You're able to just reach out and even say hi to a brother or a sister. That can never be accomplished online. The very fact that you see, you know, your cell group member or your connect group leader and all that and being able to just see them create something and release something in your system because we are community. And the connect group is your community. We don't walk this journey alone. If you are not in any connect group as yet, oh, I encourage you to join it. You know, last Christmas, that means 2021, there were Christmas celebrations in the different cell and in a different connect group. I was invited to a few, I attended a few of them. And I tell you, I never had such great fun. We love and love until tears just roll down our cheeks. And that has been my experience. Every time I gather with the connect group people, what a joy it is. Be in community. And lastly, it says here, the golden law of relationship. Matthew 7, 12. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Cultivate the kind of favor with people. How? Do to others what you want them to do to you. You want to have friends, be friendly. You want others to be generous generous with you, be generous with others. You want others to be open with you, be open to others, and you will find that, hey, we will begin to imitate Jesus Christ in our social life. My challenge to you today is to love. My challenge to you today is to laugh and to play. Play more. I know during this time, with the, with the increase in the Omicron cases and all that, it's kind of hard to socialize, but you can always connect. Call up a friend, connect with people. That's what we have been doing in the connect group and others. You know, you can still have life. Don't be so isolated until... Until, until you are easily manchang, huh? you know, everything stirs up and you become critical. It affects your mood and how you look at others and how you treat others. It can become very nasty. Don't. Your solution is, come on, love. Laugh and play in different ways. Be creative in this, you know. The lockdown has never locked me down. I've been going out, but I'm very careful Sometimes I, eat, sometimes I eat alone outside. I go to a, to a, to a, to a what do you call it, a, a hawker center. I look at it and, hey, too many people. I drive away. I go somewhere else. But if it is well spaced out, oh, I can eat there. No problem. So be very careful, all right? Yet at the same time, don't let it kill your social life. Love, laugh, and play. Play more love love deeply from the gods joke be spontaneous and may we share the love of god may we play love love with those in the faith and with those who are outside the faith so that they can see what a christian really is like what christianity is really light. Something that Christianity is, is just so, so, so serious. Only heaven and hell kind of thing. They think that it's devoid of fun. But Jesus has shown us the way you can enjoy life to the full when you develop that social dimension and ask for the favor of God with man and you begin to love your neighbor as yourself. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. We would like to ask God for favor with man, for love for neighbors, for healing of relationship, for freedom in relating to one another. Ask God for the richness of life in the social dimension. Let's come before the Lord doing just that. I'd like to pray for each and every one of you for your relationships Oh, relationship is such a tricky and tough business at times. So hard to handle. But it makes up what the full life is all about. And the Lord is here to help us to enjoy life to the fullness with people we care, with people we want to even reach out to. So this morning, shall we all stand together right now? I'd like to pray for you for relationships. How's your relationship with God and with others? And perhaps you are alone. Each one of us have a different makeup. Some of us are more sociable than others. Some are extrovert and some are introvert. I'm not the most extrovert person. In fact, I'm more introvert than extrovert. And yet I enjoy life to the fullness in the social dimension. I've done all kinds of things with all kinds of people open yourselves to read whoever you are whatever your personality you need at least one other person to be able to connect to maybe family members maybe connect group but let's just ask god for the fullness of life in the social dimension that you shall be enriched in every way There's an area in your relationship that you want to commit unto the Lord. Let's reach out to Him right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's all pray. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we come to you. We thank you, dear Lord, that you have granted us favor, not just with you, but with others, with people of God. And you have commanded us to love not just you, but to also love our neighbors. So, Father, I bring your people before you right now in every relationship, dear Lord, that they go through, dear Father. May the presence, may the wisdom, may the favor of God be with each and every one of us so that we will emulate Jesus Christ, a friend of sinners, oh god i pray god that you will enlarge even our social connection our social life dear lord that you may bring joy love laughter rejoicing to each and every one of us in the celebration of life dear lord no matter what the pandemic situation or the endemic situation is dear lord i pray dear god that you lord will have us not to be isolated at all dear god but lord you will enlarge us heal every relationship with our family members with our connect group with the community with our friends dear lord so that dear god we will be able even to enjoy the social dimension of our life dear lord father break down every barriers i pray Let there be love and forgiveness, dear Lord. Shared even among loved ones and friends, dear God. Let there be healing and let there be exuberance, dear Lord, in every relationship. Teach us the joy of living for you. And we'll give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.